that make sense, y'all? And so I'm excited about God's word. I love it. And we're in part three of a series called Respectfully. We're, we're giving you tips for tough talks. And each week, each week on our social media platforms and our website, uh, we're giving you a resource. You need more than revelation. You need a resource. So we're giving you a resource every week that's giving you some action items and some tips you can implement in your life to have some tough conversations, to have conversations. Watch this assertively, but not destructively. Am I making sense? All right. All right. So, so, so let's go to work today in the gospel of Matthew chapter number 16. There are a couple of verses I want to read starting at verse 23. First one says, that verse 20, uh, starting at verse 21, excuse me. Verse 21 says this, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. You rebuking Jesus, you on something else. Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. I want to talk from this subject for a few minutes in our time together. Very simply. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. I want to ease into our introduction, family, with this axiom. It is an axiom that some of you uh, won't be unfamiliar with if you've had some time and tenure in this spiritual family called Change Church. Here it is for my note takers and for those who may be unfamiliar with it. There are things about me that I can't see that are hurting me for my note takers I want to repeat it one more time there are things about me that I can't see that are hurting me therefore look at me I need people in my life that love me enough to show me one more time, there are things about me that I can't see that are hurting me. Therefore, I need people in my life that love me enough to show me. And this is why, family, I believe in the economy of God's kingdom, your relationships are actually your most valuable assets. They are kingdom currency. They open doors that nothing else can open. Add value in ways that nothing else can. They are one of God's greatest instruments for our growth and development. Listen to this. Money makes you rich, but your relationships make you wealthy. Did you hear what I just said? Sometimes a phone call can do what a check can't. And there is no area of our life that is not impacted by them. So watch this. Whenever you see a person living a level three life, 
it is safe to assume they got level three relationships. Did you hear what I just said? We cannot have level three lives if we do not have level three relationships. And this is in no way intended to insult those that are in your relational circle. But it is intended to encourage you to live your life with an open hand and with open arms and be willing to receive, look at me, relational upgrades. A willingness to receive relational upgrades is not treating people like commodities. It's actually recognizing that people are assets. And it's having enough discernment to see when God's sending you a new one. Why in the world would you upgrade your phone? Upgrade your closet. Upgrade your automobile. And not upgrade your relationships. Because your relationships can take you where your car can't. I want somebody that believes they're on their way to a future that is labeled level three. I want you to put in the chat, I'm on my way. I want you to tell your future, I'm on my way. I want you to tell provision, I'm on my way. I want you to tell strength, I'm on my way. I want you to tell peace of mind, I'm on my way. I want you to tell your season that is the greatest and the most joy-filled season of your life, I'm on my way. I've sold in tears. Now it's time for me to reap in joy. I'm on. I'm on my way. But we need level three relationships to take us there. This means I must have a willingness to, watch this, to receive relationships that give me more than company, but that make contributions. Oh, Lord, I feel like... No, no, no. Come on. (laughs) Listen. It's one thing for them to give us company. It's another thing for them to make contributions. I believe God's getting ready to send somebody some contributors. Ah. Did you hear what I said? I believe he's getting getting ready to send somebody some contributors. Because I just sense that there are many of you that are in seasons where you are grateful for your relational circle. You are not not ungrateful for who God has placed in your life. Yet at the same time, you are self-aware enough. You got enough emotional intelligence to recognize I do need something a little different Come here. I'm grateful for what I got, but I recognize I need something a little different. I need some elevated conversations. I need some people that stir my faith and make me believe God in ways I hadn't believed in before. I need people that challenge me and not just pull on me. Come on. Yeah, I need somebody that can rescue me. And... So that I don't always have to be the rescuer. Relationships are important. 
God's going to send us some that are level three. But one of the things that the enemy does is he uses the pain from level two and level one relationships to make us hesitant to receive those level three relationships. Did you hear what I said? The enemy doesn't use relational pain just to cause pain. The enemy uses relational pain to create paranoia. Come here. He wants us to have relational paranoia so that when we get exposed to a relational upgrade that comes at a time where we least expect it, we are so cynical that we are overly analyzing the authenticity of this person to the degree that we send the wrong message that we're not open to what we need in the season that we need it so the moment Jesus hits your boat Peter and tells you come follow me I'll make you a fisher of men you stay on the shore wondering is he about to exploit me the way the last one did When one of the ways we're supposed to manage the pain from the past, is, I want you to catch this, is to use it as a school that educates us and not a prison that imprisons us. See, because when you build walls, you create your own prison. Don't build walls, build gates. Gates, you can let bad stuff off, out when it needs to go out, but you can let good stuff in when it needs to come in. Level three living requires level three relationships. Am I making sense? And if you are familiar with the concept of relational intelligence, I argue in that book there are four types of relationships, four categories, friends, associates, assignments, and advisors. Friends, associates, assignments, and advisors. Advisors are coaches, pastors, mentors. Assignments are mentees. Associates are relationships you develop as a result of intersecting schedules and common interests. And that's where a lot of people get tripped up. Your schedules intersect. We work together. We work out at the same place. We, our kids play on the same teams. And then we assume that because of the closeness of our interests and the frequency in which we are around each other, we assume that means you're safe enough to be a friend. But I argue that the most important and the most consequential category is the friendship category. Over mentors, mentors are important, but you need friends. Over mentees, mentees are important because you won't be ultimately fulfilled until you're giving back. 
This is why the Bible tells all of us that we should be serving. That we shouldn't just be consumers in God's house, but we should be contributors to God's house. That's not God just trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you because he knows your gratification is in your generosity of your, with your gift. Huh? And some people are unhappy because you have not found a place and a space to be generous with your gift. You know I'm giving, but I'm receiving right now. I'm going to say that one more time. I'm giving, but I'm receiving right now because you are most gratified. Watch this. Don't miss this. So we need mentees, but we need friends. We need associates, but we need friends. I'm going to tell you why. There are things about me that I can't see that are hurting me. And I need people who love me to show me. But they can't show me if they can't see me. And friendship is the one relational category where you are least likely to hide the real you. Talk Holy Spirit. Initially, when a person engages in a relationship with a mentor, a coach, or a spiritual advisor, you know what they're doing? They are presenting the best version of themselves. They admire the person so much, they are unsure if that person can handle their, the authentic them. And so they engage in the act of really impressing someone they need to be real with so that they can get the help. Did you hear what I just said? Not realizing if the mentor or the coach or the spiritual leader has really spent their life investing in people, especially in the church context, because there's a difference between preaching to people and investing in people. And when you're investing in people and walking with them on the journey to life change, you know everybody got something. See, y'all not, y'all, yeah, yeah. And so all you're doing is waiting on them to get comfortable enough with you to show you the something. So you can fix the something they scared to show you. So most y'all are y'all here. Most people it takes them too long to be real with the mentor. So by the time they get real something has wrecked. And so now the mentor has to engage in remedial or corrective investment as opposed to investment that helps next level them and helps them thrive. I want to know, am I talking to anybody that's ready to be real? Say, I'm going to be wise with who I'm real with, but I am sick and tired of acting like somebody I hadn't become yet. I want to be that real person and I'm not going to allow the enemy to allow my ego to imprison me any longer. Somebody put them on my way in the chat. We need friendship because that's the space where you're most likely to be the real you. They're going to see stuff that mentor never sees. They are going to hear stuff that mentor never hears. You're going to tell them stuff you'll never tell that mentor. 
And when you, whenever you have a mentoring relationship, I got this kind of relationship with my pastor. So when you have this mentoring relationship, there is when you're safe enough to be that transparent, that relationship has evolved to the, the kind of relationship that Jesus describes at a certain point in his journey with his followers. When he says from henceforth, no longer, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends, meaning it's not that we're peers, but we're not peers, but there's a spirit of friendship now that permeates our mentoring relationship. So now you feel safe enough with me to say some stuff to me that I might have to rebuke you on. You don't say what I'm preaching the text. y'all. You don't say what Peter said. Unless you feel safe enough to say it. <laughs> level three living requires level three relationships. Let's specify here friendships. Now I want you to reflect on this. It's just rhetorical. No judgment, just assessment. No judgment, just assessment. Not judging, just fruit inspecting. If you had to average out a number for your friendships, what level they on? Oh my. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, this is what it says. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. Y'all better come get me today. One who has unreliable. He didn't even say. One who doesn't have friends comes through. He's saying. One who has unreliable. Friends. Soon comes through. Not immediately. Because you don't need reliable in every season. But, but when you need reliable, you need to be able to reach for reliable and find it. But watch what, what he says. He says, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Come here. God's saying here, this is why a spiritual family is important. He's saying there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. In other words, he says, you got unreliable friends, you'll soon come to ruin. He says, but if you got reliable friends, you'll never suffer a relational deficit. Even if you didn't get what you need from your family. He says, because I'll send you a friend that's better than a brother. Did you hear what I just said? He says, there's a friend. In other words, he says, I'll use friends as a substitute or supplement for bad family. Are y'all, am I making sense here? This is what the church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a spiritual family so that no one suffers from a relational deficit so that God can look at you and say, your daddy wasn't there, I gave you a church full of them. Your mother wasn't there, I gave you a church full of them. And no, they will never replace your biological mother, but God will use other people to make the deposits that they should have made because just because you were there doesn't mean they were depositing.
We need level three friends. And we see an example of this in our text in Matthew. This is interesting because it shows us how level three relationships work. Everybody, I'm going to say everybody, but I'm sure a number of us are hearing this and saying, I want level three relationships. God sent me level three relationships. I'm believing for level three relationships. I rebuke level two and level one relationships. Right? <laughs> That's happening. But, but I want to tell you now, level three relationships have level three conversations. Level three relationships don't see and not say. Am I making sense here? I said, am I making sense? We see an example of this in our text. The text allows us to eavesdrop on a conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples about, his, about Jesus' future. And he's disclosing to them some aspects of his future that are troubling for the disciples. He's letting them know, I'm going to be falsely accused, falsely arrested, wrongly imprisoned, executed. He says, I got to suffer terribly. And Peter responds in a way that I think any real friend will respond. I rebuke that. Right? No. This is not going to happen to you. You're going to be all right. Let's not judge Peter here because Peter's response was appropriate. It was just not relevant for this situation. I want you to catch this. Peter says, no, Lord, this will not happen. And the text says, Jesus says to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Now, wait a minute. Is Jesus calling Peter the devil? I don't think so. I think what Jesus does is he's letting Satan know that he recognizes you trying to use someone that I love. right because you know I won't just listen to anybody so watch this Jesus is it's like Jesus is saying Jesus is like Jesus showing us that he recognizes how the devil will use misplaced love it's like Peter loves him but this But this love that Peter has for him becomes misplaced to the degree that Peter begins to put his preferences over God's purpose. Okay, now we're getting, I got to wrap up, but we got to go here. We got to go here. I'm going to say that one more time. He put his preferences over God's purpose. This is really a distinguishing mark when it comes to friendship. I think Peter grew in this area and this is the area where many of us have to grow in our discernment. 
do people love their preference more than your purpose? Even if it means your purpose means distance. Because what Jesus is actually saying, there's going to be distance between us. And the way we used to walk with each other and hang with each other, I'm not going to be able to do that the same way. But this is the will of God for my life. Now, do you love our relationship or me? Yeah, do, do you love our relationship more than you love me? Because if you want what's best for me, you're willing to make the adjustments that need to be made so I can carry out my assignment. Why is it that I've got to abandon our assignment, my assignment to keep the relationship? Why does love mean I got to stop moving forward? Jesus said, get, the, get thee behind me. Satan down a fence to the things of God. In other words, Peter, I'm having a hard enough time doing this on my own. I'm struggling myself. Oh, <laughs> watch this. And Peter, you don't know the depth of my struggle because even when I took you to the garden of Gethsemane, you only went so far. So when I went to the deep place where the anxiety gripped my heart and I was praying and sweating like great drops of blood, it was nobody in there between but me and God. So I'm not demonstrating and showing to you how hard this is for me, but you don't know the internal war that's going on on the inside of me. So I need you to speak faith into me and not deposit doubt into me. Peter, you speaking out of your feelings. I need you to say it with your chest. You in your feelings. I need you to speak from the heart. So it's not just what's being said to you or who's saying it. It's where is it coming from? Are they saying it with their chest? Are they saying it from the heart? Is it flowing from the spirit? Am I making sense? Are, are they confirming and affirming God's will and God's plan for your life and not their preferences? When they, are you hearing what I'm saying? When somebody say you can't do that, they speaking from their feelings, not from their chest. When somebody say you can never recover, they speaking from their feelings and not from their chest. And Jesus models the importance of those conversations. There's Something that Peter needed to learn about friendship, about love, about how it not just it, that, that it can't or shouldn't just be felt strongly, it's got to be expressed properly. Did you hear what I just said? You can't mistreat me and then use love as an excuse. But I love you, bro. Uh, okay, let's stop talking. <laughs> it's how, how you're expressing it, though. Am I making sense? We need these kinds of conversations. We need these kinds of friends 
that will be that frank. And, we, and we've been called to be that kind of friend to others. Because the friend's going to see what the mentor never will. Am I making sense? I'm done. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking at this story here. And I see three realities in this story I want to share with you as we wrap up. I see three realities in this story that I think can add value to our life when it comes to this area. Because some of us don't have issue in this area. Some of us do have issue in this area. Some of us have trouble speaking it. Some of us have trouble receiving it. What I want you to see are these three scenarios that are all in this story that are scenarios upon which we should be willing to receive tough talks from level three friends or give a tough talk to a level three friend. Because I love your future more than your feelings. That if all I'm doing is giving you company and not making contributions, I'm not level three. Here's the first thing that I see. You got to have a tough talk or receive a tough talk when you see there's inconsistency in their understanding of your assignment. Now, listen to me. Please listen to me. It's possible for people to love your character, still not know your calling. This is why even in the context of a relationship, a marriage, it is so important to be constantly communicating where you feel like God's taking you what you feel like God's doing in you. Does that make sense? It's so, so clear. There's this prophetic word that I got that was so spot on. I'm going to let y'all hear it one day. My Change Church family, uh, a, a couple of years ago, I was doing this event in Orlando. And so a friend of mine recorded it and, and sent it to me. And every now and then I go back and listen to it. I was listening to it on a plane this week because it reminds me of something. And then after I listened to it, after I listened to it, I was getting off the plane and something told me, now send that to your wife. So she can be reminded too. Baby, this is who we are. This is what we're doing. Right? So, so that there's not just a love for the person, but not an understanding of the purpose. Because if not, people will be complaining about what you were born for. <laughs> why you always is why I was born. Don't, don't put me in this position where, where I'm wrestling with the tension of partnership and purpose. Do, do you understand? It's my calling. Does that make sense? Some of you, it's like you got, you got friends from friends from back in the day and maybe you're in a different season, but now you're, you're at a different place in your life. There's more responsibility, more influence, more to manage. Your decisions don't just affect you, they affect other people. And it's like even the people in your life, even if they're not in that space, they got to recognize that you are. And they got to love you enough to manage them right if it affects you. 
Am I making sense? And there are times where, where there's got to be tough talks. It's like, man, I want to make sure you understand my calling, what it requires, and are you willing to endure the inconveniences that are associated with it? Am I making sense? This is just reflection. No judgment, just reflection. Reflect on this. How many of your friends get your calling? No, no, no. Not just who like you, love you. But when it comes to what you've been called to do, I get that. Because if they don't, there's going to be a relational deficit that you feel because you won't be able to share the most important part of you with the people that mean the most to you. (sighs) I'm praying that God Send you people that get your calling. Praying that God sends you people that remind you of who you are when you've forgotten. That God sends you people that will pull you back on the path of your assignment when frustration or pain has caused you to veer away. May God send you people who do more than love your character. They understand your calling. Tough talks. You got to say it with your chest when that happens. You got to say it with your chest when you or someone else is unintentionally harming others. Peter's intention was good. The expression was wrong. So he had to be willing to be corrected even when he had good intentions. Did y'all hear what I just said? See, because if you're not level three, you get real defensive then. Well, just go on and die then, Jesus. Go on and die. You got people trying to kill you. I'm out here with you. All the other people in John 6, they abandoned you. I'm here with you. I left my fishing business for you. Go on and die. But he had to be willing to be taught on how to love Jesus well in this season. Say, Peter, I know your intentions and I honor those. But in this season, this is the language I need the love in. I know you love me, but what you're doing is not my love language. See, if you're not willing to have those conversations, then what's going to happen is both of you in that relationship are going to be frustrated because they're giving you everything they got, but you're still not getting enough. I'm done. And number three, you got to be willing to receive or have tough talks when you see people are unknowingly 
settling for less than their potential. See, that's level three. A level two or level one friend will say something if you're destroying your life. It takes level three to call you out when you're settling. To say, no, it's more in you. Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you. (laughs) That your faith fail not. You know, there's this adage, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I believe also when the person is ready, the friends will appear. And now in this season where your values have changed, God's ready to send you people, I believe, that can actually add value to you. You didn't need those people in the previous season because your values wouldn't value the value they're going to add. But now that you're in this season, I believe God is going to send you people that will say it with their chest. Because level three living requires level three relationships. And I just sense so strongly, I'm about to pray, that so many of you are getting epiphanies and revelations that there are some relational deficits. You're grateful for what you have, but you know something's missing. I'm telling you, according to Philippians 4.19, I believe God's word, that he will supply all of our need, including our relational need. And he's going to supply the need, not according to the need. That's not what the text says. It says according to his riches in glory. His riches exceed the need. There's no supply, short supply of what you need. God knows how to pull it in from anywhere and from everywhere. I'm praying that these relational gaps would be filled. I listened to that prophetic word that God gave me and and at some point I'm going to have to teach on this because it's been like, I think prophetic ministry is like slid into something that's just like so, you can't even, what you see in church sometimes, it's not even recognizable from scripture and then we just abandon it. But when you abandon prophetic ministry, you rob people of God's word that they need for gray seasons. What's gray? It's not black and white. It's not a good or bad. It's should I leave or should I stay? And it's not moral or immoral. It's just what's good or what's best. In those seasons, I need God to get a message to me somehow. What should I do now? And when you close off prophetic voices and 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 don't and don't open your heart to that, you you are closing yourself off from divine direction that you need. I captured that. And years ago. I was listening to this prophecy a couple years ago and it took years but he said God is sending leaders to the leader (laughs) that was the word he gave me 2019 he says he's sending leaders to the leader he said I'm going to send you the relationships Darius that you need to build what I showed you 
I'm going to send you people. And I'm telling you, God's sending help to the helpers. Those of you that are helping others, help is coming to you. (laughs) He's sending givers to the givers. Those of you that are giving to others, he's sending people that are going to give to you. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, he's sending strength to the strong. You have to be strong for everybody else. I believe God is sending people into your life that are going to be strong for you. So, Father, right now, I just, I thank you for this revelation. I thank you for this word. And I just pray over your people right now. Lord, you spoke to our church a couple of months ago. You gave us a prophetic word that this was the season of open arms. And, Father, we receive that word not just for your house, but for our house, but for our lives. Our arms are open. Our eyes are open. For you to send new relationships. That's going to do more than give us company. That's important. But make contribution to add value to our life. I thank you that somebody's season of loneliness is coming to an end. That what they call loneliness, you saw as faithfulness. They refuse to settle. They refuse to compromise. And because their faithfulness was a seed that was sown into their future, they're getting ready to reap a harvest in their life. I give you praise for that. I pray for level three relationships to be released. Because we realize we can't have a level three life without level three relationships. I honor you and I thank you. That help is on the way. In Jesus name. Amen. In this studio, clap your hands, please, everybody.